Transmitting from the lovely little city of Taylor, Texas, you are listening to Plow and Hose, a show dedicated to the joys and challenges of organic backyard gardening in Central Texas. I am your host, Julie Rydell. Welcome to the show. Hi, friends. Thank you for joining me. I'm so glad that you are here with me because it's just totally brutal outside. So gross mid-August and this heat is just downright rude. <laughs> but you know what I mean. I mean, I, feel, I do feel like we're kind of back to the usual. I mean, this time of year was always like this. No rain, ridiculous heat. And I guess it kind of uh, feels back to normal. August is always hot and miserable. And I'm totally sick of it and tired of it. Like no breaks from the heat. And no rain. And July was also very rude. But, you know, we're getting there. Every day we are closer to calendar fall and to a welcome break from the heat. Um, sort of. Um, there's less daylight now than at the beginning of the summer. And we can always think about our fall gardens and plant a round of a few of our summer favorites. The intense temperatures over the past two months have, you know, created earlier than usual heat and water stress, and that makes plants more vulnerable to insect damage and disease. So if your plants aren't looking good or they've stopped being productive, you may just want to remove them. Um, disease and Insect-infested plants, um, they need to be removed no matter what time of year to prevent the further um, pathogen spread or infestation. Now, um, I really don't know how much can survive out there, bugs or pathogens. It's so damn hot and so damn dry. Lots of creatures and soil critters retreat way deep into the dirt and things like fungi also go dormant so other than the effects on the upper parts of our plants we aren't really having to deal a lot with bug and disease issues right now because like all of our stuff is dead but the first half of August it did plant uh, I did mark a new planting window when we can put in an Another round of summer favorites for a fall garden. Um, it's a little late now for corn, but um, you can plant cucumbers, warm season greens, okra, southern peas. Summer and winter squash seeds can also be um, planted directly in beds, but we can also transplant eggplant, peppers, and tomato seedlings. Um, I've really not been paying attention to what kind of plants are available right now in the stores, mainly because it's just so freaking miserable out there. I kind of like run from my car to inside a store as quickly as possible. So I'm not really looking at what is growing outside. Um, I also feel like I can't possibly manage to bring home 
any new plants right now. I just have so much to care for at home. So I, I can't even tell you what is really available in the stores right now. Um, I do know because traditionally variety is not as great in the fall as it is in the spring. So if you are out looking for something specific, um, don't expect a great selection when shopping for transplants. Now, that said, I did start some seeds at home recently. And um, let's see, I had some leftover cucumber seeds from earlier in the year. So I went ahead and started those. But um, I also purchased some new seeds to try. All of them are small, quick maturing tomatoes. But um, more on those in just a little bit. Depending on the variety, tomatoes need 60 to 90 days to produce flowers and set fruit. If you still have some tomato plants limping along in your garden, you might try to get a second crop from your existing tomato plants. Even though the tops of your tomato plants may look terrible from the heat and drought stress, your existing tomato plants probably still have a great root system, especially if you plant them early in the year and you have been keeping them watered. A healthy root system is essential for productive plants. Even when the tops of the plants have issues, they are more likely to be able to recover if they have a strong root system. Mine were really great this summer. Um, well, most of them. And um, I was really pleased with some of them. Um, in particular, Kellogg's Breakfast Tomato. It's a big orange slicing tomato. And Black Seaman, a smaller but dark Russian variety. Kellogg's Breakfast gave me lots of wonderful tasty fruits. And Black Seaman is my all-time favorite. It just tastes the best to me. I, I really enjoy that one. I also planted German pink tomatoes because um, they sounded like they were going to be really great ones to try. Tons of really good reviews um, and whatnot, but they didn't do much for me. I didn't get near as many, and the few that I got were, they were okay. They were just not spectacular, um, not compared to Kellogg's um, breakfast and black semen that I, I really liked. I also tried a, an Italian variety called Cour de Boo or something like that. Um, they were a little underwhelming. Not a lot of fruits and not very flavorful. Um, I probably won't grow them again. Um, even though this insane weather has been terrible, but the, the fruits are bland and not juicy like the others I grew this year. Um, I cut back my existing tomatoes and I'm going to focus on the black semen and the um, Kellogg's breakfast to try to get them to produce for me again. Um, it's going to, I think it'll be a challenge. I mean, this, the, the heat and the drought are just keep being an issue, but these two varieties also need a lot of time to set fruit. One takes 75 days to mature, and then the other needs 90 days. Um, 90 days from now puts us into October, and it's possible to get some fresh fruits from them since these guys are already established plants with large root systems. So I'm going to try. 
um, tomato transplants started at home or bought from the nursery. You know, they'll look all fresh and green, but they won't have much of a root system when they are grown in those small little pots. Um, once a tomato seedling is transplanted, it'll focus on establishing roots so you won't notice a lot of above ground growth right away. Fall tomatoes need to be planted by the end of August so that they will have enough time to get established and produce fruit for a fall harvest. So if you're getting new plants, keep in mind that fall tomatoes have a shorter growing season than those planted in early spring. Check the days to maturity um, on any new plants that you purchase. You will have more success with varieties with fewer days to mature. Um, these are going to be the smaller tomatoes, like the cherry and the pear tomato varieties. Um, they mature faster than the larger ones. If you have a tomato plant that produced well for you, Take advantage of having a plant with a well-established root system and try to coax a second harvest for the fall by pruning back your plants. Existing summer tomato plants can be cut back by half. You can remove um, 50%, uh, you know, take out those long gangly vines. Um, it, for me, it's, it's weird and it feels counterintuitive to prune them back that much. But if you want fall tomatoes, then you have to cut them um, back. That way the plant focuses on new growth and it's the new growth that will produce new fruits. Cutting back tomatoes in August will allow enough time for new growth and fruit production. Choose healthy plants that produce tasty fruits. Strong plants will recover um, from drastic pruning. I cut my plants back pretty heavily, maybe a little bit more than half, and they're responding. Um, some of them responded poorly, and they didn't like it. Um, but others have already started to put on new growth, so that's I'm very optimistic. Um, indeter indeterminate tomato plants respond better to this type of pruning, more so than the determinate types. Indeterminate tomatoes are those that grow long and tall and sprawl all over the place. They grow like vines. Their stems will continue to grow and grow and grow until it gets too cold and the frost will kill them. Determinate tomatoes are smaller plants, um, and they're also called bush tomatoes. Unlike the vining indeterminate types, determinate tomatoes only produce one crop. Um, you might be able to get a second harvest from them, but don't expect a whole lot from them, um, and it's not going to be very prolific. But definitely take advantage of your summer tomato plants and their established and extensive root systems and cut them back to encourage growth and productivity through the fall. Um, you know, cut out half of, cut them in half. Try that. And then apply fresh compost or compost tea to support your plants. Avoid really strong fertilizers when plants are heat stressed. Um, it's better to add more mulch and compost and to give them some afternoon shade to protect the plants from the worst of the summer sun. I'm excited to try some of my new cherry tomatoes and I found um, some seeds online that sounded good and I'm hopeful that they will mature quickly and also be tasty. 
I am going to say that this is a little bit of a gamble for me. I should have started the seeds um, sooner, but the varieties I chose um, take about two months to bear fruit. And since our average first frost date in Taylor in our part of Central Texas is around Thanksgiving, that's still three months away. So I feel pretty good about getting some tomatoes um, this fall. So this fall, I'm, I'm trying three new varieties. Um, I've never grown any of these before. Um, I'm growing Bloody Butcher. It's a small, general-purpose, all-purpose type tomato. It's one of the earliest. It only takes about 60 days to mature. Um, the flavor is supposed to be good, and it's an old heirloom beefsteak variety. So even though it's a smaller tomato, it still should be really juicy and fleshy. I'm also planting black pearl cherry. Um, it's a hybrid, so I won't be able to save those seeds, but it's a burgundy cherry sized tomato that's supposed to be sweet and just really rich flavored. Those dark black um, tomatoes tend to be the most flavorful to me. I enjoy the blacks and the purple ones the best. And black pearl cherry needs about 65 days to give fruit. And the last one that I'm trying this year, um, Tigerella. Um, it's an English heirloom, and it's bright red, but it has vertical orange stripes. And it's a pretty quick one. It takes 55 to 65 days to mature. And the description sounds pretty good. It says it produces a lot of two-inch-sized fruits that are sweet and tangy. One of my favorite things about summertime is fresh produce straight from the garden, and I love easy summertime meals, so I'm always looking for ideas to elevate and enhance flavors of fresh produce. Quick salads are my go-to for cool and refreshing meals, and the best recipes always seem to feature just a small amount of high-quality ingredients. If you are looking for something exceptional to complement your meals, try the specialty oils and vinegars from McAvoy Ranch. From orchard to bottle, McAvoy Ranch has been crafting California olive oil for three generations. Their estate-produced olive oil is grown, harvested, milled, and bottled with the highest standards. This summer, I am really enjoying their blood orange olive oil. A quick drizzle adds richness and a sophisticated hint of citrus. If you enjoy fine foods, but you also like supporting small family businesses, visit www.mcavoyranch.com and enter promo code PLOW15 to receive 15% off your next order of award-winning products. That's McAvoy. M-C-E-V-O-Y ranch.com If you are looking for a natural and sustainable way to improve the soil in your garden without spending a fortune on expensive soil amendments, try planting a cover crop. Cover crops have been used in agriculture for thousands of years as a way to naturally and sustainably improve soil quality. Cover crops aren't just for large-scale farming. Backyard gardeners can plant cover crops too, planted in the ground and in raised beds and even in containers. 
Cover crops keep soil bacteria healthy and add nutrients, prevent soil erosion while attracting pollinators and beneficial insects. True Leaf Market offers a great selection of cover crop seeds, including their best-selling all-purpose garden cover crop mix, which is really popular with backyard gardeners. Order online at trueleafmarket.com and be sure to use promo code PLOWANDHOSE10 and save $10 on any order over $50 or more. Plus, you get free shipping on orders over $75 at trueleafmarket.com. We had a lot of tree damage over the past few years. We had a bunch of damage this last ice storm back in February. And it caused the light patterns to change in my backyard. I have... um, quite a bit more sun in some areas because those trees are gone and I'm really kind of getting used to how the light has changed. The backyard gets more sunlight since losing a few trees and lots of branches and since I have new sunny spots and more space there's been room for surprise plants to sprout and come up. Some Plants have just more space to spread, like the Turk's cap, Um, but also uh, the undesirable plants have found these spaces too, Um, weeds like cow parsley and cleavers, but one plant that showed up that I'm pretty excited about is actually a small tree, and I am so delighted to have it because it's really pretty. Um, Earlier this spring, I noticed a couple of um, Raytama seedlings coming up between the driveway and the fence. Raytamas are small trees with fine feathery leaves and golden flowers that bloom really heavily in the spring. They are members of the pea family. They are legumes. And this Texas native is so tough. It's super tough. And it has been handling the heat and drought. And it does not care about our soil at all. Um, Heavy clay, it doesn't care about any soil at all. You know, we could have heavy clay, or if you're on the other side of IH35, um, you could have that thin limestone. It does not matter because Raytamas can thrive anywhere in Central Texas. And it's a really nice tree. It's pretty. It's very unusual looking um, since it has year-round lime green bark and a pretty long bloom cycle, too. It's um, very prolific in the spring, but it is continuing to bloom through the summer. And I have blossoms. It's like one of the few things that has blossoms on it right now um for being a um really showy tree they aren't very commonly seen in yards or used as landscaping plants because retamas have thorns all along the trunk and the branches and i am just kind of guessing that a bird or a squirrel dropped the seeds um they have had to because none of my immediate neighbors have 
a Rotama tree. I do know of two Rotama uh, trees that are on my street. They're further further down the street. Um, based on their locations, they seem like they were probably planted by a critter too. Uh, one is in a flower bed, and it's really off-center. So I doubt the homeowner intentionally planted um, it like that. And then the other one is across the street from it. And it sits right next to a fence um, and pretty close to the sidewalk, too. Rotamas are beautiful little trees, and it's kind of unfortunate that people don't plant them in their yards, but, I mean, I, I get it. They, the thorns are pretty awful. And, you know, people don't want hazardous plants uh, in their yards, um, especially if they have little kids around. But they are really, really cool looking, and they have wonderful, bright, clear yellow flowers. Um, the flowers have five petals, and the top petal has just a speck of deep orange. As the blooms age, that one petal with the orange specks will turn completely orange as the petals wilt. And the flowers are fragrant, and they attract all kinds of insects and bees and butterflies really enjoy the nectar from Rotamas. Um, the um, Rotama tree has been covered with honeybees, which I'm so grateful for. Um, it's a hard time of year for bees. Um, Rotama trees aren't picky about the soil. Um, they are fast growing. This one at my house is easily 10 feet tall. And that's just how tall it's gotten this spring. I mean, we had the, we had the nice rains, um, earlier in May, but, um, it hadn't gotten anything, um, since those rains. I haven't been watering it at all. And it's just a, a huge tree. Um, Rotamas normally stay pretty small usually under 20 feet tall, but they can get as large as 30 feet. They just have these drapey branches with wispy, thin leaves. Um, the delicate and wispy look of the tree um, reminds me kind of uh, like a willow tree, very flowy and elegant, but um, they don't make really great shade trees. The leaves are just too thin and fine to provide significant shade. Um, the leaves are thin strips with tiny like leaflets that alternate on either side of the strip, kind of like ribs or kind of like a little spine. Um, they're jagged, like a serrated knife. Um, the leaflets fold up um, around the strip at night. Um, this is called nastic movement. It's a trait of certain plants. Members of the legume family do this. They close up in response to low light. The water in the leaves moves inward, pulling the little leaflets in. The water pushes back out when the sun comes out. Mimosas, Prada-Barbados, and Retama are all related in the legume family, and they all have that cool nastic movement that responds to light. Um, Rotama thorns run up and down the trunk and on the branches. They are sharp needles, little spines that are about an inch long. Um, the birds also appreciate these trees because they offer a nice, nice safe space to hang out in. And plus they like to eat the seeds. 
Being that it's a legume, ratama seeds form inside of the little bean pod. The pods and the beans inside are edible. I haven't tried that yet, but if you pick the pods when they're still green and tender before the beans um, haven't really developed all that much, you can cook them and eat them like green beans. As the beans develop and mature, you can harvest the pods and let the beans dry. And then you can cook them like regular dried beans. Um, they do have a thick skin, so it's recommended that you soak them overnight to soften the coat. And then also remove the skin around the bean. To me, that seems like a lot of work. But supposedly, you can also grind them into flour and use them that way. But... Um, I have absolutely no interest in doing either with dried beans, but I am kind of curious about using Ritama pods like green beans, so I might pick a few and try that, and I'll let you know how that goes. Hopefully that goes better than some of my other um, taste tests that grow wild for my backyard that I've done. Um, anyway, Ritamas are very, very heat tolerant and they do very well in the more arid parts of Texas, but they do well here in central Texas. And, you know, another cool thing about Ritamas is that when water is sparse, um, you know, like during times of drought, like we have right now, they will drop their leaves to conserve water. Now, most trees and shrubs need their leaves to create food using the green chlorophyll, but since ratamas have green limbs and trunks, they are able to photosynthesize food without leaves. So during a drought, ratamas will just drop their leaves, and the chlorophyll in the bark takes over food production. So if you're looking for a small tree that is ornamental and attracts pollinators through the summer, consider putting in a ritama, adding one to your landscape. They are beautiful additions if you want low-maintenance native for xeric landscaping. Um, Like I said, they attract the bees and they provide pollinators with a source of nectar when most other plants are suffering. And... This has been a big plus in my backyard since uh, there's not much blooming. The native variety of ratamas have the nasty thorns, um, but you could take some time and just clip them from around the trunk with just a little pair of pruners um, so that it's not as much of a hazard in your yard. But there are cultivated varieties that you might be able to find at specialty nurseries or online. The natives will be the hardiest, um, but if you are looking for larger blooms or a thornless variety, um, look for one called Desert Museum. It's supposed to be thornless. Raytamas um, have several different common names. They are also called um, Palo Verde, Jerusalem Thorn Tree, and Horse Bean. Even with the thorns, I think they're really nice trees. If they are happy where they are growing, they will be beautiful and interesting trees to add to your landscape. Okay, well, that's all I have for today. Oh, um, wait, I do want to mention that it's a great time of the year to um, catch garden tools on Markdown at some of the larger box stores that have like seasonal gardening centers. Um, I always like to grab 
the inexpensive trowels and little rakes um, and just leave those out in the beds. Um, that's because I spent way too much time looking for tools and just keeping a set or two out in um, the garden beds just makes it easier for me. And plus, you get them at a discount. Okay, well, I sure hope you guys have a great week. Stay cool as you can. Get Keep hydrated. Um, if you're not up to gardening, I get it. I understand. Think about your fall garden. Start planning your winter garden. It'll be soon enough when we can start planning winter crops. All right. Catch you next time. Bye. <laughs> Production assistance provided by KBSR, Black Sparrow Radio. Original music created by Alex Cuervo. Discover more of his music at alexcuervo.tv. If you love plants and gardening in Central Texas, be sure to click the subscribe button wherever you get your podcasts and never miss seasonal information on Plow and Hose. Plow and Hose is written and recorded at my home in Taylor, Texas.